to This Is Already Looking Better. Um, Caleb, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to you so you can Okay, it. pass it to me. I catch, I shoot, I score, three-pointer. It's good. He's I'm a, used to that. He's a no. diaper dandy. Don't call me a diaper dandy, baby. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome into the Untitled Life podcast with Caleb. <gasps> You're asking why I'm hanging on there. That's not the full title. Isn't it typically with Caleb and Amy? Well, it is. You're correct. But we have a very, very special episode today because we have a very special guest. Maybe the specialist guest we've ever had. You know, not trying to rank people and guests we've had, but we actually have our very own host, Amy Clayton, as our guest today. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome, Amy, to your very own <laughs> podcast, the Untitled Life Podcast with Caleb and Amy. You wow. are you are the Amy in there. I am and, the Amy and in the I title, am yes. that Caleb. Yes. How, but today I'm going to be on the opposite end of, yes. the, of the podcast uh, table. I don't know. Yes. So, yeah, uh, if you're a little bit confused, um, we're just doing something different with the format. Uh, I know we've had guests on in the past, and we call those our campfire chat series, but we've never let ourselves be that guest. And so if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, if you've just started, or if you've known us for years, or you've even just met us, you know, maybe we're going to kind of dive deeper into some about who we are and what we do and, yeah, what makes us go. Us. Yeah, what makes us us. I like yeah. that better. Amy, maybe yeah. you should just interview yourself. <laughs> oh, maybe that could be a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would be cool. you like a solo interview yeah. of yourself. But anyways, yeah, we have Amy uh, on the show as a guest. So, Ames, thanks for coming on and being our campfire Thank you guest for having this me. Year. I feel honored to be asked and to be on here. Yeah. So, so, um, so where are we, first of all? That's the first question. Okay. Where where are you? Where am I? So And you can let that be as existential as you want. Okay, well, I'm gonna take it very literal right now. Um Yeah, I'll let you have this one on your episode. This is usually you can describe it. I mean, this is usually how we start the episodes, right? We like to paint a picture of where we are. Um, so right now we are in Moab, Utah, which Moab is such a home for us. We have been here many, many times over the course of many, many years. Um, so it always feels, you know, something about Moab, it always feels, it feels like a coming home every time. We've definitely put some heart roots down here, I would say. Roots. Um, heart roots. Heart roots. But from where I'm sitting right now, um, I can see some beautiful, like, castle-like bluffs that are the back part of Arches National Park. Um, I can see the LaSalle Mountains out our back window, and they are looking gorgeous and covered in snow right now. Very picturesque. Which is a different vibe for the rest of the scene, because it's it's pretty hot today, and it's yeah. getting pretty hot this week. It's very, um, you know, feels like summer here in the high desert. Yeah. And so to look out our back window and see these towering 13,000 feet peaks still covered, yeah. washed in white snow and us sitting here in our van sweating because we can't have the doors open or the <laughs> fan on while we record the podcast because it fucks with the audio. Uh, so yeah, very weird contrast here. Like I look at the mountains, I feel cold, like I should be cold, but here I am sweating, drinking a hot cup of coffee well, that's at on you, yeah. four in the afternoon. The LaSalle's are interesting. Like, they do look very out of place, especially right now with all the snow on them. Um, but very pleased with what I'm looking at right now. I, I love it here. I love Moab so much. I mean, I know it's... We were actually talking about it yesterday when we were driving in, how much it's, like, grown and changed. And we've been coming here for, like, five years now. So just in the five years, how much it's grown and changed. And we were just saying all these little things that we remember about the way it used to be um but i love it here love it i'm it happy, cool. well, happy to be here i think i mean i think i feel the same way as you do about moab and i think it started with that like moab was very tied into colorado for yeah. us and when we first moved to colorado i still i know i've told this story before but i remember moving to denver and like just starting to like learn about the mountains and like what is out there to explore and people were immediately in multiple sources were immediately like oh yeah you like colorado well you should check out moab that's where like everyone in colorado goes to explore yeah and so we very quickly started taking trips for a multitude of reasons out to moab some for work some the camps some for and we've done modeling every- opportunities we've done everything from <laughs> like a 24-hour trip to 
you know, like a weekend trip, you know. To when we finally moved in the van or finally bought the van, it was our first place we went as a we prototype journey. We knew this journey. was the first place we wanted to go, yes. And it was also right when the weather opened up that first fall, it was like the first place we went and we stayed a while. Yeah. So Moab is definitely special and I think we're feeling some special energy from it. Yeah. Today. These, Always these do. These red, this red dirt that's all over me. <laughs> yes. But that, that's where I am. Question nice. one answered. Next question. Oh, okay. No, Whoa, I don't got a list over here. All right, easy. <laughs> I'm wow. Just um, well, okay. Answer that. Where are you? Who are you? Oh man, I hate that question. <laughs> Why? I used to, you know, I used to like, of course, answer that question. Oh, I'm Amy Clayton. This is where I live. This is what I do. This is who my family is, or who's in my life. You know. Um, and yeah, I mean, and those you hate are... talking about who's in your life. No, like, no. From what I know of you, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just that it's that question has become so much more loaded for me as of late, and I don't. The more I think about it, the more I don't know how to answer it. Right. Actually, okay, know? yes, no, that's fair. I, it was a, it was supposed to be intentionally vague. Okay, I'm just trying to you know work my way into this conversation here. Yeah, but, try uh, to like this... open break down that wall. A little yeah, bit. and you did so well at the where are you question, so. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Who am I? I'm Amy Clayton. I live full time in a sprinter van with my husband Caleb and my two dogs, Jack and Kona. Oh, you do talk about the people you love. Y- yes. Oh, that's so cute. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How are you? Oh man, that's another one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> how am I? Um, right now in this moment, I feel. You know, honestly, I feel a lot of things right now. Uh huh. Um. But I feel the heart of all the things I'm feeling is happy and content. Like, I'm very happy and content to be where we are. I'm happy and content with a lot of the experiences that we've had recently. And, I mean, recently and not recently, I guess. Um, yeah, it's an over overall feeling of just contentment. Mm-hmm. Do you think you've always felt this in your life? Overall feeling of contentment? Yeah, and no. happiness? No, I don't. Mm-mm. I mean, I had, like, definitely pockets of it and, like, maybe even extended periods of time of it. You know, like, maybe weeks of it. Um, but when I zoom out and look at the last 32 years as a whole, not really. No. Wow, 32. You're yeah. getting up there. You're so yeah. old. I mean... Catching up to me. There's definitely, you know, there's, se- of course, like, there's seasons of life where it was there and very present and seasons of life where it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And there were also many, many seasons of life where, like, I don't know, I didn't even really, like, think that way. Like, I wasn't very conscious of if I, of contentment, of even, like, what that was or uh-huh. if I was feeling that. So, I don't know if those don't count because that wasn't <laughs> in my realm of consciousness at the time. But N.A., yeah. not applicable <laughs> to those times. Like, you couldn't have been feeling contentment, right? Because I didn't even know what it was. Interesting. So, yeah. how would you define it now in your life? Contentment? Yeah. Like, when you say you're feeling happiness mm-hmm. and contentment in your heart, yeah, what, is, what does that mean for you? It's a good question. Um, contentment to me just means, I think the root of it, the root of it is peace. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a combination. I think it's a combination of peace and happiness. Um, and it's just kind of like everything feels settled. I think that's the peace part. And then everything just feels I don't know, happy is like at the root of pretty much everything I'm feeling, you know? Yeah. I think that's what contentment means to me, at least right now in life. <laughs> I mean, that's cool to hear and also cool to be in your presence because I feel it like radiating from you. And I think that's something I feel radiating from you on a regular basis. So I like being around you because oh, you're a happy, you. content person. Thank you. I enjoy being around you too, Caleb. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So I guess I'm just going to kind of start backwards here with some of the questions I have. And then, you know, we're going to dive deep into who Amy is. Let's go that deep. question that you didn't want to answer. <laughs> who are you? Maybe you can tell me at the end of this podcast who I am okay so I know you're a happy and content person and you can still use those answers mm-hmm. but when you think about yourself I know you just had a birthday too this mm-hmm. month mm-hmm. You're, this is your birthday month still we're not done with it yet so happy birthday Th- um, <laughs> mine's like at the very beginning of <laughs> yeah the month. yeah and we're at literally on the last day yeah. of the month but hey doesn't matter got it in on the podcast thank you um but like when you think about who you are now and especially like with the happiness and contentment you're feeling like what are three words or characteristics you would use to describe yourself almost Mm. in a way like if you're going to create 
you know, if you like look back at the start of your life and you're getting to create who you are up to age 32, what are like three defining like attributes? We've been watching the NFL draft here. So they always have like, you know, their top three attributes, <laughs> like quick or like, you know, great passer, great instincts, high IQ. Like what are three things that you think you embody and that you would have you've cr- helped create yourself with? Well, you just said I'm great passer, high IQ. No, I'm just kidding. That's wow. That's a great question. I feel like I'm going to say that for all your questions, but um, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe I'll think of a dumb um, one real quick. Okay, please do. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. You know, I guess the way I heard you say that question, uh-huh. I don't know if this is what you're intending to ask, but the way I heard you say it is, and the what what's formulating in my mind right now is like just as I think over 32 years. Like, what are three words, I guess, that would describe me, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of describing, but also with, like, you know, if you're not... Yeah, just, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah how you okay. describe it, how you're describing yourself in kind like of three... Like, over the course of 32 years, yeah. not just right now. So, like, with, yeah. with growth, with story, with creation yeah. and, like, manifestation, who are you now? What do you, you know, want to be? Or, I'm thinking just naturally. Like, I feel like I'm trying to, like, think of what I've naturally what has like what qualities have stayed pretty much throughout those whole 32 years you know, uh-huh. like i feel like that's probably pretty telling of like what is my natural state right. or um but the one that's coming to mind right now is for i guess lack of a better word like level headedness okay. i don't know i've always felt very level headed i've never been the one I've never been super super high energy, but I've also never been super super low energy. I'm always right. very even keeled. I think that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Even keeled, always been pretty even keeled, kind of in the middle and just coasting it out. Uh, AKA content. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you already used that one. I know. I'm just Can't kidding. It no, because it's not always content. Um, but yeah, I've never been one to like go to extremes on either way. I feel like I've always been kind of even keeled. Uh huh. Um, I think another one, another, I guess, part of my puzzle (laughs) would be, uh, I've always felt like I've been a good listener. Uh Um, even, I mean, as a kid, as a young adult, I guess, and then I don't know what I am now, I guess just an adult. Um, that's always... You're an adult. (laughs) That's always been something that's come very natural to me. I would always so much rather sit and listen to someone else talk and share stories or share how they're feeling or anything, tell jokes, literally anything. Yes. Than be the one doing that. (laughs) Um, and I feel like, um, I don't feel like I learned this till I got older, how important listening is and how, um sometimes rare it can be to have someone who actually listens and you know like is actually hearing what you're saying instead of just being they're not just being quiet they're actually hearing what you're saying like that's always come pretty natural to me too um so i would say that a good listener yes um and third thing man i already like kind of forgot the question no (laughs) (laughs) you know so you weren't listening is that what you're saying thirdly i think I've always been a really accepting person. Um, it has never, like, when I think back to the different types of people who have been in my life, the different kinds of friends I've had and relationships I've had, it's been people all over the board. You know, it's been mm-hmm. people who were a lot like me. We had a lot in common. It was been people who've been, like, nothing like me. We have nothing in common. And I am very drawn to that because... It's so cool getting to hang out with someone so different than you, you know? Mm -hmm. But then it's also really fun getting to hang out with someone similar than you because, obviously, you like a lot of the same things. Um, And it's easy for the most part. Um, But I feel like I've always been very accepting. I've always had a wide range of friends. Um, Like, I feel like when I think back to, you know, being in school, being in high school, in college... I had friends all over the map. You know, there were, I had athlete friends. I had non-athlete friends. Who were some of your athlete friends? <laughs> Can you list them by name? HBP. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what that stands for, you get a bonus point today. We're yes. not going to describe it. Yes. That's that's your mystery for today. What does HBP stand for? <laughs> Only a select few people in the world know they that. They will. And the, they're old friends. They're old friends. Um, but yeah, I've always felt like that's been a superpower of sorts to like really be drawn to just any type of person and accepting of any type of person Uh and i feel like i've 
really reaped benefits of that and feel like that's enriched my life a lot in 32 years. It's definitely something I want to keep carrying with me. Do you think that part of you has been like ramped up since we've been in the van? Oh, yes. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) I think that part of me has been like kind of revitalized probably. Yeah. Um, Because I guess before living in the van, it felt like I was only meeting... I don't know, like the range of people I was meeting, I guess, was limited. It's kind of like how you couldn't feel contentment when you were younger. Yeah. Like the range of the people you would meet were always going to be welcoming and accepting, yeah. you know, in the life we were in. Especially in Denver, we had such a very, like, you know, connected web of friends mm-hmm. to friends to people we know, you know. So it felt like everyone in that, of course, is already, like, if you're friends with them, you know, we're friends already. There's going to be a lot of common ground right. already just starting off. On the road, it is very much like it is a clean slate. You have <laughs> I have no idea who I'm going to meet, what their life story is, what they're like. You know, I mean, it is just like it's a blank sky. Like it's so vast. Like it's the opportunities open, are would so you say? open. Like the blue sky. Mm, yes. And vast. And it's been so enriching and so cool to like just let that sky fill up with all these different shaped clouds of people. You yeah. know. Wow, I feel like we really got, I mean, all the three things you said almost formed the triangle, I feel like, of who your presence is. Like, a <laughs> listener, you are barely even keeled. Like, your frequencies don't peak or, like, drop mm-hmm. too low. They're steady. They're calming. Like, you know, you can, and I think they all work together, too. You know, that helps. You're, you're a great listener. I think people love to talk to you. I like to share with you because I know you're even keeled, which makes you a great listener. And I know that whatever I say, you're going to accept it and hear it and then Offer me sound, thoughtful advice. So, thanks. Wow. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, hey, I chose to be your partner for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah, you did. (laughs) So, I definitely have appreciated and reaped all the fruits from who you are, uh, and especially those three things. I think you nailed it on the head. And I know, so kind of like twisting that question a little bit, were there times in your life where you felt like they were these? were missing from your life or like mm-hmm. how did or were there moments that like, kind of had led you to being like I want to strive to be an accepting person I want to strive to be a good listener I want to strive to be even keeled or was that just part of your just natural state I kind of think they were part of my natural state really for as long as I can remember um I just don't I don't think I knew like I didn't have the awareness of them really same you know, with the contentment. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the awareness or consciousness of it, um, which makes sense. I mean, I was, you know, age 1 to 18, like, you're right. not really talking or thinking, or at least I wasn't really talking or thinking about these things. Um, I don't think it was definitely talking at my 20s that I started, you know, I guess being more aware and conscious of these aspects of myself. And now that I'm aware and conscious of them, I can, like, be more intentional with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they've always been there. Um, but yeah, I, I, the the awareness wasn't there. And I think that's a big piece. Yeah. I think you're right. You can almost like, yeah, lean into it and start like manifesting it even more. And putting it into words too. Like I would never, like you just did on the podcast. I would never know how to have this conversation at 19, you know, like, yes, if you asked me, who am I? I would have said what I said in the beginning, you know, I'd say who my name, where I live, who's in my life, right. what I'm doing with my life, and then I'd stop, right? <laughs> right. You know? Um, I just think through a lot of, I mean, just growing up, but then also a lot of, like, reading and journaling and just kind of self-introspectiveness, self-introspection. Yeah, Self-inspection? One, one of those. <laughs> Svadhyaya. Yeah. Svadhyaya. <laughs> Svadhyaya. Um, just through, yeah, self-reflection. I think it's kind of all, it's... The awareness has been opened. That door has been opened and the verbiage has been there. Mm -hmm. And that's changed a lot. That's cool. So if you went back to, I know you just mentioned 19 year old Amy Ah! and told her, like showed you literally maybe because she could like watch a day in your life now and like who you are. Like what, what do you think she would say? I think she would be shocked beyond belief. (laughs) Um, Just to give you. I know, Caleb, you know this, but just to get I don't know. I'm acting like okay. I don't know any of this stuff. I am just a host. You're just a guest. Okay, nice to meet you. Nice to, hey, shake my hand. Well, let hey, me... thank you. Nice to meet you, Amy. Wow. You had one of those buzzers in your in the palm of your hand that freaked me out. Oh, did I? No, now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I would be totally mind blown and like I don't know if I'd be able to comprehend where I am now <laughs> if you like if I went back to 19 year old Amy because a big piece of my past and a big piece of who I was in the past um like yes I mentioned I was very even keeled I would still say that's true but I also I really had a hard time with change mm-hmm. and I mean we all do right to some capacity but mine felt real extreme at times real extreme real extreme real. in terms of like you know just to give examples i had a really hard time i didn't like leaving my parents or leaving home so i mean even just like spending the night at a friend's house was just too much for me like i felt mm-hmm. i described it as homesick at the time but really it was just anxious like i just felt really uncomfortable and anxious um so yeah spending the night away from home just for a night going to a basketball camp just for like a few hours a day. Like I remember literally going to the Y just from like nine to three, like a school day. And just, I was so like, I would just cry. I was just so anxious. I did not want my mom to leave me. And who do you think would have been at the Y? You. Me. (laughs) Which is so trippy. (laughs) It is crazy to think about how lots of our paths like were crisscrossing without us even knowing it at the time. For those of you who don't know, we grew up like our parents' houses were literally five minutes apart Mm -hmm. driving uh, Mm -hmm. across uh, a highway, you know, in different neighborhoods, but we frequented the same Mm Y's. We had frequented the same schools and like preschools, our church. Mm -hmm. We had some church overlap. Mm -hmm. Our little sisters were friends, which I think is the first like actual connection between the Easter family and the Clayton family. Um, But it it wasn't until I guess you came to Lipscomb, which was a school I'd been at since kindergarten Mm -hmm. and sixth grade that we... Our paths were like, you know, deemed. We were in to the meet. same building. Yeah, we were in the same building yeah. at that point. Still didn't really get to know you until high senior school. year of high yeah. school for yeah. me, which is crazy. Yeah. Which is kind of around this 19 year old Amy. Yes. Who didn't like change. Yes. 19 year old Amy did not like change. So, yeah, anything that involved me having to leave my parents or leave my home just triggered this real intense anxiety where I just would cry. Um, and just, yeah, I could not, I couldn't do it. Do you know what was, like, stopping you, what you were scared of with that change? You know, that's a great question. I don't, I think it was just not having my parents. I don't know, I felt, I think I felt. The unknown? Yeah, I guess the unknown, like, because I never, like, I felt very safe, obviously, with my parents around, but it's not that I felt unsafe if they, I guess I did feel unsafe if they weren't there, but there wasn't a reason for, you know, like, nothing logically Right. Would make me feel unsafe. I don't know. It was just, they were my comfort zone, and I was very, very scared to leave that for a long time. I mean, I think that's kind of normal for, like, young kids, but, I mean, this followed me through high school. Um, It eventually got better to where, yeah, I could stay at friends' houses. That eventually got better. (laughs) But then, like, like I could spend the night. But then, like, in high school, it was, like, long trips. Like, Uh if I were to go... Um, like on a long mission trip with my church for a week. But you did these things. I did. I still did them. You would still do them. Like, I don't think it ever physically held you back. I mean, and so sometimes I think even with your na- natural state of being, you know, even keeled mm-hmm. and calm listener like you couldn't tell how much change affected you mm-hmm. and i don't think i saw it at all in that time wow thanks but yeah so i would see you go to trips yeah. to honduras to uh-huh. italy uh-huh. um i mean you started we started going to haiti together mm-hmm. just i mean that was all trek yeah you climbed some s- mountains in high school that was a big shout out to my parents because they i think they did a really good job of giving me comfort but also still pushing me to like do these things like mm-hmm. i know lots of Mission trips. And then also, I don't know if you remember in middle school, we would go on, like, every grade went on a trip. Yes. Yes. Um, I do. I only got to go on two out of the four. Oh, So, not a very good track record. (laughs) Only shooting 50%. But, yeah. Which is actually good for basketball, but. Not for middle school trips. (laughs) No. But, yeah, the school we went to in fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, every year, your class. Like a class trip. Went on a trip. Um, And those were really hard for me, which was kind of weird because my parents even like I made them go like my mom they were like chaperones went, or yes, counselors they were chaperones so I still had them there but I still just felt uneasy um but anyways I was just saying I'm grateful that they they were definitely comforting for me but they also were like you're still gonna do this like they I don't feel like they ever really let my f- fear and anxiety like stop me uh-huh. you know they, they're like I know you can push through this yeah. and you're gonna enjoy it yeah so how did that 
change. <laughs> you know, like when you when you view it now, when you view change like now in your 32nd year, mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like it is now woven into every thread of our life where even the spot we woke up this morning to the spot we're recording the podcast is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like everything about our life on the road has just it, it is full of change we kind of have no idea what by the time we wake up like what is going to happen by the time we go to sleep that night yeah. all the the realm of possibilities we've experienced in the three years you can't fathom it sometimes i'm yeah. just like you know the possibilities of what could happen today are unfathomable mm-hmm. and so it feels like yeah you just take that in stride now and so what we're like yeah what is the process of how you've helped yourself just embrace that more you know it wasn't it was a process like the word you Mm -hmm. said it was never just like one it wasn't like one trip i went on that i was like oh i'm cured of this like fear of change and being out of my comfort zone i can do anything now like it wasn't just a snap of the fingers um i think it was just over time continuing to you know challenge that fear and that anxiety like i think you know, like I said, by the time I got to high school, I was over the going somewhere for the day, like a basketball camp for the day, mm-hmm. or spending the night at a friend's house. But still, like, longer trips would trigger it. And then, like, I feel like once I got to college, the longer trips triggering it stopped. And I don't know, it just, like, it kind of... The more I did it, I guess the more, like, my um, acceptance of it maybe grew. Yeah. You know, I think... I'm really like thinking about this now, like maybe I was just resisting for so long. And I think I slowly started to like open that door of acceptance to change. And I feel like once I just kept opening it little by little mm-hmm. and stopped resisting, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was like, what if I be. don't resist here? Yeah. And what if I don't resist now? And yeah. I mean, I will say to Caleb, like having someone like you in my life definitely like played a role in that played Mm -hmm. you know you were definitely an influence of pushing me out of my comfort zone and like letting me know it's gonna be okay and like seeing the good in things like Mm -hmm. that because you've always from what i from me knowing you you've been i mean there of course people are gonna feel uncomfortable out of their comfort zone but you've i think you've always handled it very well from what i've from the period being out of my comfort zone yes oh um you've always accepted it and taken it in stride very well and I so I think also too just having someone like you in my life and obviously living so close to someone like that and seeing it almost like modeled before you're like you know what I don't know why I've always been so scared mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and like seeing the benefits that happen in your life I think kind of showed me to like hey come on let's go yeah, like yeah. you know and now here you are living in a van yeah. and have been for three years. So I think it was I think it was just time and awareness too. I mean I think I had I was obviously of course aware of it. And I think I just started to realize too, like change is the only constant in life. Right. You know, like if I wanted to stay in the mindset that I was in when I was in like sixth grade, uh, like crying in the car before going in the door to go to school, like life would just it's all there's already a lot of challenges in life. It would add a lot more challenge. Right. Um, and like I said, it wasn't just a one day thing where I was like, oh, I accept change now. It was definitely a journey over time, but I think too, yeah, maybe just changing mindset a little bit of like, okay, this doesn't have to be scary. This can be actually really, really good. And this can be fun even maybe, Yeah. or it can be beneficial or I think just learning that universal truth that change is the only constant. You can either accept that or you can resist that. And resisting it is so much harder. So much Just because you tension. accept it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's a lot easier than resisting. Right. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wisdom. Wow. That was wise. <laughs> <laughs> so do you ever feel yourself with thoughts or, you know, feelings of resistance now when change still happens? Or do you feel like that is something that you've kind of like conquered completely? I wouldn't say conquered completely. I still feel it for mm-hmm. sure. I think I'm just more aware of it now. I know what that feels yeah. like in my body. Like physically, I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like in my head. Um, so no, I don't think that's resistance has stopped. Like it still comes up every now and then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, like I said, mindset and awareness can go a real long way. <laughs> yes. I And I feel like you're a very self-aware person. Not just mentally, but also physically 
and spiritually, <laughs> like all the aspects. I think you're, you're very self-aware and also getting to witness you. Um, I think how you take care of your physical body has always been something that you've always been very aware of. Well, it, well, something Not also, always. well, okay. Not yeah. Always. Sorry. Honestly. Yeah. Bad wording there, but something that I, you know, it's crazy to think back to when we met and then who we are now and the changes both of us has mm-hmm. have got, have gone through. Um, but yeah, knowing like, especially, you know, people who meet you now, I think you're how you take care of yourself physically is also, you know, one of the, a pillar of you. Um, it's a big pillar. Yeah, it's a big pillar. And you stay, you're so motivated and disciplined with your physical well-being. I mean, it bleeds out into everything like it, my physical well-being and like being able to just like, and that's something for the most part, at least right now in my life, that's something I can control you know right like did you feel like you could not control it in the past no i just like when you're eating mcdonald's for two meals a day and then that was it (laughs) no i just wasn't aware i just wasn't aware and like and for some reason i was able to do that for a long time and still feel okay and then like when i got my 20s i started to not feel okay like i literally just physically like would have headaches every day and like just didn't feel good didn't have energy didn't sleep well and then i'm like oh that might be why Uh um but no it just it it keeps me even keeled it keeps me content like it bleeds it only makes my life better nice and so I'm kind of just like, why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it feels good. So, I mean, like, it's, you know, I've known you for a long time. 15 and, years. Yeah, and known you, you know, intimately. Yeah, for 15 <laughs> For years. 15 years. Yes. So it's weird doing this conversation, trying to get, like, I want people to know you. And I think people, like our friends, see this, like, physical, they're, like, <laughs> motivated to keep this physical well-being. And it's like, where did this come from, like, I know you had that awareness at some point, but, like, what keeps you, I mean, you've been a motivating factor to me and an example of how you stay, like, that is a dedication in your life mm-hmm. that you're going to keep yourself physically well Mm -hmm. and you know that plays a part in balancing everything else out so like where does some of that motivation come from i really think it just comes from knowing how i feel when i don't (laughs) yeah i mean the opposite side of the coin it's pretty simple like i know how i feel if i don't get a like regular movement in or if i don't drink enough water Mm -hmm. if i don't eat like good clean healthy food consistently I know how I feel when I don't do those things. And I'm always, I mean, I do still test those boundaries. Like there are still, you know, a period of a few days where maybe like things like that will fall off. Uh And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I, I make the choices I make. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's really just cause I know how I feel when I don't. And I just, every, everything just feels better when I do. Like, I feel like I'm nicer and better to myself. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm nicer and better to other people. I have more energy to like actually i mean my cup you know i love the analogy of the cup if your cup is full then it's bound to overflow yes um there's some thirsty people out there or thirsty car keys well you can't pour from an empty cup and i i know the empty cup feeling it doesn't feel good to me i know it doesn't feel good to anyone else around me i don't it just Mm -hmm. it kind of is a no-brainer to me you know it just is what feels best for me and I feel like for everyone around me. It's still like I would say the same things about my, you know, mm-hmm. all that. Like I, I see how I feel when I don't do it mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But it's still hard to motivate myself and mm-hmm. like find the discipline. But you are disciplined 100. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, I mean, I'm pretty drawn to routine as well. True. Maybe, maybe, no a, little more, <laughs> maybe a little more than you. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think that I think that's a piece of it, too, is I yeah, I'm drawn to routine. I do very well in routine. So I think making that part of my routine, that's just like kind of marrying these two Mm -hmm. things that work in my favor, you know? Yeah. What are some of the other routines that have, you know, slowly grown and developed and shaped, um, kind of who you are now and that, you know, whether, (laughs) you know, the, whether they come this month or this day or kind of like waver here and there, but you still know, like it is a thread of who you are in your life. And you're going to like maintain that routine going into the future Mm -hmm. to help become, the Amy that you want to be like, what are some of those routines? I know your physical, mm-hmm. your workouts, yes. you know, are, are definitely one of them. What are some other things that other things I would say definitely are reading. 
Um, You're a big reader. I am a big Always reader. Always have been. You've read lots of Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. Over and over and over again. Yes. How many times exactly have we read Harry Potter? Does Aaron know? Aaron, I, you know? He doesn't have a guess. I, He's in New York right now, so uh, we're oh, just yeah. having to phone him in. We're letting him take his time because he's got a lot of change happening right he now. Does. So we're letting him settle in. And he's first. not very even keeled or. Uh, <laughs> he's super even keeled. <laughs> um, reading definitely, and like what I choose to read is very routine and can be very grounding for me. Um, writing, journaling is definitely something that's been. It's evolved so much over the years. Like, I mm-hmm. remember in my early to mid 20s, even people would talk about journaling and I would kind of be like, I don't like, I'm not a writer. I don't know how to journal, but I would like, just try. Like, I remember just starting with like a, I think it was like a gratitude book or something. And just like every day there was like a little paragraph you could read. And then there was like a journal prompt at the end. And it typically had something to do with gratitude, but, um, I just started with that and I was like, like I needed prompt. Right. right? When did this come about? This is in Nashville. Okay. Were uh, we married? Yes, this is in Okay, Ellen yeah, because I was wondering, like, when, like, something nowadays that I see that is part of your daily routine and discipline is journaling. Mm-hmm. Like, you are so good and, uh, I mean, good at this, good at journaling as in, like, your discipline to do it, even though sometimes. I know. Yeah. But even, I mean, when I sit down to journal, sometimes I have no thoughts in my head. Same. And I see, yeah, I see you, like, at least, like, doing the work, you know. <laughs> Paying the journal. Pay the journal. Pay the journal. Pay the journal. And you're so good at paying the journal. Well, thanks. I mean, there are times I take it out and go outside with my coffee and I don't write in it. Right. You know? Or did um, you? Just not with words. Maybe. And then, there, yeah, there are times where I open it up and I've literally written, like, I don't know what to write. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's not always pretty or it doesn't always feel like when I close the journal, it doesn't always feel like, oh man, I really feel like I just like spoke my heart onto those pages. Mm-hmm. It does not always feel like that. There's sometimes where it's just like, I just felt like I should write something. And so I wrote like four sentences, but I don't really <laughs> feel any different now. Um, yeah, I think it just started with kind of a longing to want it. Like I logically knew benefits of it, of journaling. Mm-hmm. And I knew it would only open a door in me that like nothing else could. And so I just had to start with prompts. And now I do still love me a good journal prompt. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, but now it's just so much more open and free. And sometimes what comes out is like a well-designed paragraph. Sometimes it's like just a poem. Sometimes it's like it makes no sense at all. Like stream of consciousness journaling. You know, right. just like you put your pen to paper and you don't lift it off for 10 minutes. Um, sometimes it's a grind. But that's another one. Um, yes. And then another one I wanted to You're bring You're so good up. at knowing you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time with myself, especially in the van. Um, hey, and me and the car key. Yes, and the car key. And the car key. Well, another one is yoga. Um, my yoga practice is, it's going to be, I mean, and obviously to me, yoga is more than just the physical practice, the asana practice. I mean, that's right. a big piece of it, but just the whole lifestyle of a yogic life is going to be, I, and I foresee it being on my path forever. You right. Know? Being like attached to a yogic path. Yes. What does that mean for you? Oh man. I feel like that's always changing. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, you know, at the heart of it. And if you want to get real logistical, I think it's practicing the eight limbs of yoga, uh-huh. which asana, which is the physical practice, which most people are familiar with, is only one of the eight limbs right. of the yogic path. Um, I mean, I think for me, it is, it's always having this mindset, right, of being good to myself, being good to others, taking care of myself, taking care of others, mm-hmm. taking care of the earth, of really just love right (laughs) um and i don't know taking getting into that heart space through you know asana or physical yoga Mm -hmm. practice through meditation or just calming the mind through pranayama breathing practices um and just kind of continuing to live and be in that state when did your yoga practice come about? When did your yogic journey come about? It's a good question. 
Um, Because, yeah, it seems like another thing that if someone just, especially, you know, if someone just drove by our van like (laughs) 10 times in the day, they would probably see Amy out in the morning drinking coffee, (laughs) reading a book and journaling. They'd probably come by later, see you working out, doing Mm. some crazy rock lifts in the desert, you know, some some chest presses, some (laughs) shoulder presses with just the rocks that were around the fire circle. (laughs) They would drive back by and you're probably doing yoga. (laughs) So I love all these threads that like, you know, I've seen them grow and develop in you and but and they're just so much a part of like who you are now and it's almost hard to even like think back as myself from seeing it (laughs) firsthand and be like wow but at one point amy did not have that like seed wasn't planted yet so how did you plant the seed that's now led Mm -hmm. to like it's grown into who you are you are you know there's leaves and branches off you that are flowered from from this yoga path that you've chosen you know it all started i think when i was 18 and I was so right before nineteen-year-old Ames. Yes. So yes, I was uh, in college at Lipscomb University. Uh, you were there too. Yes. Um, and you had just introduced me to P90X, <laughs> which was a Ooh, beach body a beach body program. At that time, it was on DVDs, um, and so it was a workout program that you did on DVD. And I remember you would do the workout in the morning and then you would like bring me the DVD and I'd do it like in the afternoon and we just like cycled through like that. Um, but couples who work out together, stay together, stay together, but it was like a whole (laughs) 90 day program. Right. So it's literally like 90 days worth of like, it's all scheduled out for you. Wait, is that where the 90 comes from? Yes. Did you know what the P stands for and the X? Power 90 Extreme. Oh, bam. Okay. But um, we were doing that program. And in that program, they have a weekly yoga day. So there's a yoga DVD that you would do every day. and Or not every day, every week. And um, it is a very intense yoga. Like, especially now. I would say definitely I've... more focused on the physical <laughs> well-being. The asana part of the eight limbs is what yes. Tony Horton from uh, P90X was focusing on. Yeah. But overall, still a great introduction. Oh, yeah. Um, so that, like, I remember we would do that and every, every week, like every few weeks, the workout routines would change. Like you wouldn't always do the plyometric workout every week for 90 days. Thank God. But the yoga (laughs) one you did every week for 90 days. And I remember thinking like, man, I guess that's kind of important. If that's literally out of all the workouts, that's the only one they made sure you do every single week. Hey, and Tony preached it too in that yeah, yoga he workout. He was like, I mean, I, I think his mindset was coming from a pure, yeah, like physical mm-hmm. well being where yoga is so good for you physically. Mm-hmm. And especially with all the other intense workouts we were doing on a weekly basis. But man, it was, he, he vouched for it too. Yeah. And, um, so that was really like my intro. So the intro was very much, like you said, the asana, the physical part of it. It was very much like, whoa, I feel really good. Like I feel lengthened. I feel like there's space in my body. Um, but I also feel strong. It was like a flexible, strong combo, which is a great feeling. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think that is kind of what hooked me a little bit. I was, but it was more always all the physical stuff. I was like, man, I just feel really good when I do this. So I want to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the first thing. Um, and then I don't really know how I made the jump from that to the next part of my yoga journey feels like Shakti yoga, which was the yoga studio in Nashville that we started going to. Um, actually, I think, I mean, I know a piece of it was one of my good friends in college, Kelsey, she would go to Shakti yoga. And I think she knew obviously that I liked exercising and that I had, I would do yoga like once a week on these DVDs. And so I think just one time she was like, you should come to Shakti with me. Like you should come to a studio and do it. Mm-hmm. So I started going to Shakti with her, which if you're ever in Nashville looking for a yoga studio, definitely check out Shakti. Um, I think that is where my love for yoga just took off. That like took you to the next level. It it was like I got in the rocket and just like went up because Shakti, obviously you go to take a physical practice, but I mean, it covered yoga, you know, like it was yoga. The teachers were teaching and, um, just Teachers were teaching. The things that they the were saying. The yogis were yogaing. The things that they were <laughs> saying, like during the class, were uh-huh. all yogic teachings, and there was there was just a lot of 
the different parts of the eight limb path just like woven into the classes, um, which was something I hadn't really been introduced to yet with Tony Horton's yoga. And um, it just, it hooked me. And I remember, I mean, Shakti was great because it was very approachable. They would have, they called them community classes that you could sign up for for just $5 and take the class, mm-hmm. which I think a big thing with yoga studios is how expensive they can be and like somewhat unaffordable. Um, I mean, like a lot of times a drop in class is 20 bucks. Um, and so I remember those $5 classes. I just like kept coming back to those. And then if you became like a member of the studio, you could do 30, you could pay $30 for 30 days. They also had that nice. like intro. I remember rate. you doing that. And I remember when I decided to do that, I remember telling you, I was like, I'm going to go every day. I was like, yeah. I'm going every day for 30 days. Like I know a lot of, literally all you have to do is go like twice and it pays for itself. Right. But I was like, I'm going to go every day. You're getting your money's worth. And I did. And sometimes I went multiple times <laughs> I was going to say, I think I remember you going twice in some days, literally yes. like on the weekend or something. You go in the morning and then uh-huh. like a night class. And I was like, I mean, still just $1 for the day. <laughs> and Can't they pass would, that up. Yeah. And I mean, they would have other, like I remember they had like meditation classes that I think you, me and my dad went to one in the morning one time. Do you remember that? It was upstairs. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. I did. I don't, I didn't frequent Shakti as much as mm-hmm. you did, but I did come, especially a lot of those intro classes yeah. with Kelsey, mm-hmm. um, I was going to and intrigued by, and it was hot yoga. Yes. <laughs> a lot, lots, lots of them were hot. I was typically, I feel like one of the only one or two only males mm-hmm. and, um, the ladies around me would definitely get, they got, they got to know my sweat very well. I mean, it was definitely <laughs> one of those rooms where like you are mat to mat with the person next yes. to you. Like it was packed. Packed um, and hot. Yes, but so cleansing though. I always loved having you there. It was always fun. Yeah, I love doing it. No, Shakti is a great memory from Nashville, and then also just from yeah. When I think about mm-hmm. yoga and us doing yoga together, like Shakti is one that stands. Like when we started going to Shakti together, and just like it did grow both of our loves for it, and also yeah, and just deepened it from like oh, this isn't just a physical practice. This mm-hmm. is like a community. It's almost like a path. It's a way can, of living. Yeah, it's a way of living that just extends outside of the pool of sweat that's on my mat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I don't know, I really, I think during that time, started to see the connection between the physical part of the practice and the way of life part of the practice. Mm-hmm. Like, I really started to see those threads be intertwined. And so, I remember during that time... Um, you and I both were really just like loving it, not just from a physical aspect, but also I feel like a spiritual and emotional as well. And so you and I both decided we were like, okay, like we want to, we want to know more. So we like, I remember us sitting down and being like, let's order some books. Let's yes. order some yoga. We were just books. got on Amazon. I'm like, I'm gonna look it up the top five best books to learn, understand yoga. yoga. Yeah. Like, so what were they? We got Light on Yoga by B.K. Iyengar. Yes. Still one I have never read, but you did read it. Read it. B.K.S. Iyengar. B.K.S. Um, we got Light on Yoga by B.K.S. Iyengar. We got um, The Heart of Yoga by T.K. Deshikar. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. TK Deshikar, The Heart of Yoga. And then we also got Inner Engineering by Sahadi. Have we ever talked about that (laughs) book before? But those were the three that we got. Um, And yeah, I even, I mean, like The Heart of Yoga, I've actually been wanting to reread it recently. I remember, I think that was the first one that I read. And like, I I think it's the one we both read first. There are like notes all over the margin. Like, I took it. I remember my mindset was like, this is like a class. Like, I'm here to learn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm literally going to take notes as if I were like in school. So like... Well, and that book is very much written like a class. Like it, it almost like feels... It's like a textbook. Yeah. It almost feels like kind of one of those, you know, the Four Dummies series. You know, like if it was <laughs> yes. like... It's almost like a yoga for dummies book and the fact that it starts from the very basic Mm -hmm. seed of what yoga is and then blossoms and adds layers onto it almost like a class Mm -hmm. and then ends with a copy of the yoga sutras yeah yeah which are what yoga but i feel like yeah i remember reading through that both of us together Mm -hmm. i think we almost read a chapter at a time like together like i think we would read a chapter i think we'd like, kind of set up a little mini book club between yeah, the two. Yeah, th- we ca- it's kind of coming back to me, too. This is when we were in Nashville. I think we set up a little mini book club between the two of us, and you and I would both read a chapter, and then we literally, like, schedule a night to sit and talk about it. Yeah. 
we did do that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that book is great. And then also just, I mean, our minds were opened. We wanted to learn and glean mm-hmm. this information and start like having it be, which is why we got started on this, a routine, a, mm-hmm. you know, like a foundational yeah. trunk of our, of who we are. And I feel like that then really took our, I mean, it like guided us through a home practice. Like I feel like after that, after my 30 days at Shakti were over and I was very sad <laughs> that I now had to pay $20 You're like, a now class. I can't do yoga anymore. <laughs> um, we kind of started building a home practice. And I mean, there were definitely influences with that. Yoga with Adrienne on YouTube, I know, is a big one. Um, she does a great, she has a yoga YouTube channel. And I remember, I think we did a 30-day challenge with her. We did. It was she like, like 30-day th- beginning intro into a yoga practice. And I remember the last one, day 30... She literally starts the class and is just like, for the next 20 minutes, you're free. Like, you do your own thing. She gave no prompts. and But that was her goal throughout those 30 days was like, obviously, day 1 through 29, she's teaching and you follow her sequences. Day 30, she was like, my goal here is for you to feel confident enough to create your own home yeah, practice. Like, now you did. know how to do a flow mm-hmm. and like all the intricacies. Like, now let your body flow. Mm-hmm. And I remember that being just so life-changing and yeah I feel like after that we just started to grow a home practice and you just I don't know once you get into that and then you're really aware of how your body and your mind feel so then if if that stops happening you're just so aware of it and you're like oh why am I feeling this way oh it's because probably because I haven't done yoga in like five days right that might be it like whether it's every anything from just a tight back to like feeling really irritable, like in everything in between, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think you, you know, <laughs> I think we, you start feeling very like in your body and grounded, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is something, I think you're a very grounded person, Amy. And I think it comes from this, like I've seen it develop through this yoga practice. And I think, you know, in my own yoga practice, yoga is so grounding, not just physically, but once you feel that physical groundedness, you can almost ground yourselves mentally and spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, with, with how you can think clearly when, you know, your gut's feeling okay and your yeah. body's stretched out and there's space there and room and acceptance and forgiveness. And yeah. I think you're a model of all those. Oh, babe, for stop. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know how to accept a compliment. Thank you. I can't, can I compliment you on our own podcast? Okay. Thanks. And also you're my wife and partner. <laughs> I have been for a while. So yeah. I love you. Oh, I love you too. <laughs>